young, I'd listen to the radio. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Bob Trout speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. This is Mutual. This is ABC Radio Network. Hi, and welcome to Same Time, Same Station. It is Howard McNear Time, Part 2. Which, you know, that's nothing compared to some of the others, but he's going to run a lot longer than most of them, I think, by the time we finish, if we're both still alive when that happens, because he did a lot of radio. Today, we're going to hear, in another hour, Lux Radio Theater. We'll also hear Cavalcade of America in just about a half hour, but we're going to begin things with Romance of the Ranchos. This is all about San Rafael, as originally broadcast September 7, 1941. Glendale Tower to Pan American Trip 7, wind east 7, altimeter setting 29.92. You're clear to land on runway number 2. Pan American Trip 7 to Glendale Tower, Wilco. The controls of an airplane are elementary. When you push the stick forward, the nose drops. When you pull the stick back, the nose comes up. Company, attention! Cadet Allen! Wings for defense, wings for commerce, the symbol of our world of today, September 7th, 1941. It's a pathetically contradictory world of streamlined speed and heartbreaking strife, of achievement and destructive war. But the symbol for both war and achievement is the airplane. And the airplane is also a symbol for the great modern city of Glendale, California, one of the aviation centers for the globe-circling airlines, for training flyers for the Army and Navy, for Canada and the RAF. Yet, only a hundred years ago, this great area of factories and homes was undreamed of. Where Flintridge, Eagle Rock, Highland Park, Occidental College, Garvanza now lie, the lofty mountains stood silent sentinel over vast solitudes of waving grain fields and pasture lands. It was the Rancho San Rafael. Let's go back through the years and relive the romance of the ranchos. Title Insurance and Trust Company of Los Angeles presents The Romance of the Ranchos, dramatizing the romance and adventure connected with the growth of this great state. Each week at this time, our wandering vaquero, Frank Graham, uncovers another fascinating story of events and people who built the land we know today as Southern California. And here is our wandering vaquero, Frank Graham. Buenas noches, senoras y senores. Our story tonight is one I know you will enjoy, selected from the vast files of the Title Insurance and Trust Company of Los Angeles. You see, it's the business of this company to know the history of our Southland. Yes, the vast historical files of this company of necessity contain detailed records, available nowhere else in such accessible form, of California's glamorous past, 
back to the earliest Spanish land grants, one of the first of which was Rancho San Rafael. Each week, for your enjoyment, we recreate from these records a true story, replete with the drama, gaiety, and tragedy, romance and hatred, triumph and disaster, that so filled the colorful transition period from the days of the Dones and the Gold Rushes to the present time. Our story tonight is a fascinating one, set in the fertile section of Southern California, which became one of the first of the great ranchos. Rancho San Rafael. The years drop away as we go back, searching. 1930, 1920, 1910, 1905. Wait. Let us stop here just a moment. 1904. 1904 was a big year for Glendale, even though the town had not become a city as yet. For it was that year. Here it comes now. Here comes the first car. Yep, that's right. Here it is. It's rounding the bend. And just think, man, that car will take us into Los Angeles in less than an hour. <laughs> yes, and it takes three at least in the spring wagons. Well, I guess it's time to start proceedings. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen. Now, folks, folks, quiet, please. I'm going to ask the man who is chiefly responsible for this great event to drive the last spike in the rails. So step up here, Mr. L.C. Brand. Well, thank you. Thank you, folks. This is a great day for Glendale, and no one will be any happier than I will to see that car roll up here. <laughs> well, here you are, sir. Now, pound her in. All right, boys. Stand by. Yeah, stand by, yeah. That's it. That's it, Mr. Brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. You can give the car the signal now. All right, boys. Bring her in. There she is. The Pacific Electric is here. Dr. James. Dr. James. Yes, what is it, Dora? Come quickly. It's father. He's dying. You mean Verdugo? Yes, yes, of course. I'll come. Hurry, hurry. As the people of Glendale welcomed the future, the past was slipping away from them. For on his deathbed lay Teodoro Verdugo, respected citizen, one of the last of the Dones. And with him, time wrote the final chapter in the story of the great Rancho San Rafael. Doctor, can't anything be done? I'm sorry, my dear. Oh, Papacito. Oh, my child. You mustn't cry. I leave you the good name of Verdugo. If I left you nothing else, you would be rich. Honor it, keep it high, where it has always been. And this land, Rancho San Rafael, even though it belongs to others now, do what you can to make it a fine place for people to live. That is what my grandfather, Don Jose Maria, would have wished. He loved the Rancho San Rafael, as I am. Papacito. Yes, Teodoro Verdugo loved the Rancho San Rafael, as had his father and his grandfather before him. 
It was from that love of the land that burned in the heart of Jose Maria Verdugo that the Rancho San Rafael was first formed. But we must go back farther through the years to find that story. It was on one lovely sun-filled day in the 1770s that Corporal Jose Maria Verdugo, in the service of His Majesty the King of Spain, rode over the land across which ran the old road to Monterey, a portion of which is still called Monterey Road. With him was another young soldier, and they were returning to the mission San Gabriel, where they were stationed. Well, Jose, now maybe you don't like being a soldier so much. How do I not, Carlos? Ah, sending us out into this wilderness, this desert. What are we to do? It, it isn't so bad at the mission. We are busy keeping the Indians in order, and, and we have adventure. But why do we have to leave San Diego? Think of the times we could have had there, the fiestas and the senoritas. Ah, the senoritas. And no senoritas in San Gabriel. Ah. Yeah, what you should do is get married and settle down. See. Si. And a fine chance I have here. Uh, too bad. You should get married and settle down, oh, too. Oh, oh, not me. I'm a soldier, and I like it. I stay a soldier. Ah, but one of these days, a lovely senorita, and <laughs> you'll be tired of this life. Never. But I tell you, Carlos, if I ever did decide to settle down somewhere and get married, I do not think I could find a better spot than right here. Stop a minute. Look up there. Oh. Here, chapel. Oh. Chapel. Oh, just look at the vista, the mountains and the green valley, and the trees. See, it's very pretty. Oh, very pretty. It's beautiful. See. Here, what's this? Jose, a party of travelers coming down the road. Yeah, it's good land too, Carlos. Would make a very fine rancho. See, near the mountains are streams. There will be fish. And there, over there you could raise corn and grapes and pumpkins for food. And there in the distance is pasture land for cattle. Jose, look. There's a senorita. A senorita? Yes. See, si, riding with the party. Look. See, si, so it is. Accompanied by two gentlemen and a padre. See, si, and she is. Madre mia, she is beautiful. See. Si. Buenos dias, senorita. Buenos dias, senor Cotteral. May we be of service? No, gracias, senor. Our journey is almost over. I'm quite safe, gracias. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Ah, what a lovely face and such a smile she gave me. I thought that the sun had just come up. Ah, perhaps this desert does have at least one oasis in it, eh, Jose? Ah, she was lovely. You noticed it too, huh? Then I know she was truly beautiful. I wonder what could her name be? Huh? Oh, <laughs> Jose, you old soldier. So you could never be charmed by a senorita, eh? <laughs> well, my friend, perhaps you were wrong. Perhaps that look in your eye is love, no? Perhaps the great Jose Maria Verdugo has been struck at last. <laughs> and Jose Maria Verdugo was struck at last. He wooed and won for his bride the beautiful young daughter of Ignacio Lopez, Maria de la Encarnacion. And they were married to the San Gabriel Mission. And now Jose had definite ideas about his future. One day, as he returned from his duties, his wife, Maria, called. Jose, Jose, a writer brought a message for you. A message for me? See, si? and it's from the governor, Don Pedro Fages. The governor? Oh, then he's come. It's here. What's come? What is it, Jose? It is news I've been waiting for. Give it to me. No. 
Jose Verdugo, before another minute, you must tell me what you have to do with the governor. You've been keeping something from me. <laughs> See, Maria, I have. But it's just because I wanted to surprise you. My little dove, come here. There. Now, what would you like best to have? You, Jose? No, 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 no. I mean, besides my ugly face. Well, perhaps a little one and a home of our own. See, that is it. I, too, want a home for you and the little ones that will soon be. And so, I have laid my plans. Plans? What plans, Jose? Do you remember the day you first saw me? Riding on El Camino Viejo? See, si, I was with the Padre and you with Carlos. See, si. And do you remember the land, the beautiful valley, which we could see from there? See, si. That is where I want our home to be. Oh, Jose, it would be... It would be paradise. Oh, see, si, paradise. And so, I've asked the governor to let me keep some cattle on that land. If he says yes, then I can send my brother to build a house and start a rancho. And then later, when it is established... The governor cannot help but allow us to make our home there. It will be ours. So you see already our home is started. But Jose, suppose the governor refused. Eh? Oh, no, he could not do it. I don't think he could. Miriam, give me the letter. See, si, here. I'd better open it, huh? See, si, go ahead. See, si, I, I will open it. Read it. What does it say? It says, uh... I concede to the petitioner the permission he solicits to keep his cattle and horses. Oh, Jose. And... Maria, do you hear it says, I concede to the petitioner the permission he solicits. It's ours, Maria. It's ours. And so in 1784, the Rancho San Rafael was started, even though it still belonged to the King of Spain. But Jose Verdugo had his heart set on owning the rancho. And so, 15 years later, in 1799, he took his second step. Corporal Verdugo! Si, si, senor. I'm coming. I'm coming as fast as I can. Uh, you wanted me, senor? Si. How do you feel, Corporal? Oh, not very well, senor. My back, it aches. And the dropsy, you know, of course... How I suffer from the dropsy. I know. You haven't ridden out on any patrols for a long time, Corporal. Oh, no, no. I cannot ride. That is well known. Oh, I suffer terribly on a horse. But I keep busy around the mission, senor. I am not useless, you understand? Perhaps not, Verdugo, but you have petitioned the governor to be released. Uh, see, so that I may retire to my rancho, San Rafael. Well, Corporal Verdugo, I'm pleased to tell you that the governor has granted your petition. You're free to go to live on your rancho any time. What? Senor, you, you mean that... Madre de Dios. It's wonderful news. Wonderful. I must go and tell Maria. I must go and tell her right but away. Verdugo, wait, Verdugo. What are you doing? That's a horse you're climbing on. I must hurry, senor. I must hurry. But you can't ride anymore. You have dropsy. Right, senor. But, senor, come back. That's my horse you're riding off with. Austin, <laughs> away, go, senor. And so, 157 years ago, was established the beginning of the first valid title to Rancho San Rafael. At that point, start the records of the Title Insurance and Trust Company. Each time Rancho San Rafael, or any part of it, changed hands, one or more legal recordings were filed. Similar mountains of documents loom in the background of every piece of land bought or sold in California today. 
The reason title company records must go back to the very beginning and include every transaction up to the present day is that land titles are like a chain. They're only as strong as their weakest link. If any title is defective, all subsequent ones may be faulty too. It is the task of the title insurance company to seek out each of these records, establish beyond reasonable doubt its authenticity, assemble them where they're always available to the end that when you buy property, you will really become its owner, and to ensure your interest in the land against another's claim based on some undetected forgery, forgotten mortgage loan, undisclosed heirs, or other ghost from the past. early California years rolled on, Jose grew old, and his sons and daughters grew up on Rancho San Rafael. 36,000 acres of fertile plain, rolling woodland, and magnificent mountains. This was his domain, the Rancho San Rafael. He built its houses, farmed its lands, dammed its streams, raised its cattle, turned it into the paradise he dreamed of. And then suddenly one day, while Jose was riding, he came upon a scene that struck his heart with horror. <laughs> Julio, my son, what is this? What has happened? These Indians are invading our rancho. They have already built huts and corrals. Oh, but Julio, you're burning them. See, of course. We're chasing them off our land, back across the Royal Oh, Rondo. but you must not do that. They might be hurt. Stop, Vaquero, stop. It is I, Don Jose. Stop this at once. But, Papa, they do not belong here. This is our land. We thought it was our land. But that is no reason for killing and destroying. But if we do not chase them off, they might take all our land piece by piece. Others would come. Then I would rather give them the land, all the land I own, than have this happen. Julio, I am disappointed, distressed that you, a verdugo, should do such a thing. Well, I'm sorry, Papa. I only thought I was doing the right thing. That we should show them that this is ours, we mean business. My son, the boundaries have never been very clear, and we cannot even be sure that this is our land. If these Indians are from San Gabriel, the new padre told them to settle here and we, we must go to the padre and apologize. No, these are renegade Indians from the hills who rob us and the mission too. Even so, Julio, we must defend what is ours peacefully. We must hold our neighbor's respect and not his hatred. The law will take care of us, my boy. Law? There is no law except our own. I shall go to the governor. He has always been my friend. He will uphold our claims. And when he does, no one shall ever again try to trespass on Rancho San Rafael. When the governor of California upheld Jose's petition and ordered the padres off the land, the Verdugo claim to the Rancho San Rafael was clear. And a few years later, when the old soldier, Jose Maria Verdugo, passed on to his other paradise, the great rancho was left to his son, Julio, his daughter, Catalina. Life was rich and peaceful at San Rafael, but soon the faint reverberations of great events penetrated the solitude. Armies were on the march. The American armies of Commodore Stockton and Captain Fremont marched through the ranch lands from the mountains to the sea. Battles were fought, and the Americans swept on. Finally... The defenders knew their cause was lost. In 1847, Stockton occupied Los Angeles in the south. Fremont's forces were closing in from the north. 
the last little band of caballeros under the command of Andres Pico made their camp in the shadows of the Verdugos on Rancho San Rafael. They were well aware that Fremont's forces had reached Cahuenga Pass and were prepared to do battle with them the next day. But that night, a prisoner was marched in and placed before General Carrillo. Buenos dias, General Carrillo. Patre de Dios. Jesus Pico. You are the prisoner. I am not a prisoner. I came here of my own free will. Tell this man to release me. Release him. You may go. Come in. There are men here who will be glad to see you. I shall be glad to see them. After you, senor. Gracias, general. It's just my brother. See, si, your brother. Deliver himself up. He has realized his mistake at last. It is not I who have made the mistake. It is you. By heaven, you shall learn. Please, General Carrillo, let us hear what my, what the prisoner has to say. I am not the prisoner, Andres. You are the prisoners. You are surrounded. Your men deserted. You cannot fight any longer. We shall die fighting. Uh, see, see, a noble sentiment, General Carrillo. What's so useless? There is no need to die. There has been enough of that already. Senores, your cause is hopeless. See, what he says is all too true. Senores, forget that I am what you call a traitor. Remember that I love this land as much as you. That is why I can ask you now, give up, surrender. Eva, that is all very well. But then what happens to us? That is what I have been sent to tell you. Nothing. Nothing. You call Stockton's terms nothing. I care nothing about Stockton's terms. I bring terms from Fremont. Fremont? And what are they? Simply that you surrender. Give up fighting. Give up fighting. After that, we can all return to our homes. Everything will be as before. You mean none of us will be arrested? Our lands confiscated? No, no, nothing. You can go home just as before. This is not a trick. I swear it. Why should they want to trick us? They need our help in building this great country. They need us as much as we need them. We need them. Oh, see, see, we have been backward here. The world has moved on ahead of us. The Americanos go with it. They even lead it. They can make California a great part of the world instead of a backward corner. If you love your country, then you will welcome the Americanos. See, I believe he's right. Say a Verdugo. I'm sorry. I should not have spoken. But you must, my friend. This is for all of us to decide. Well, I'm not fighting with you. But I love California just as much as my father, Jose, did. Just as you do. And I believe we owe it to this land to, to make it the great country it can be. And besides, strife and bitterness never build anything. They only tear down. We must keep ourselves respectable and honorable. We cannot do that by violence. There is much wisdom there. See, si. Then you will send men to Cahuenga Pass to talk to Fremont? See, si. I think so. Carrillo, si. you, Senor Alvero, and I will go, and perhaps, perhaps this will be the beginning and not the end of California.
And so California became a part of the United States. Once again, all of the Southland was as peaceful as the Rancho San Rafael. Don Julio's title to the land was recognized by the United States. But there were new problems for the Rancho San Rafael. 36,000 acres of ranch land too fertile, of acreage too invitingly close to the growing metropolis. Its days were numbered. One day, Julio Verdugo received a visitor. See, si, come in. Senor Verdugo. See, si, come in. Senor, I'm the sheriff. See, si, I know. Won't you sit down? May I get a glass of wine? No, thanks. Gracious. I'd rather get this over with. Of course. Senor, you've borrowed money. Mortgage this place. See, si, I have for $3,445. But that was a long time ago. Almost nine years ago, to be exact. You agreed to pay 3% interest a month. Long ago, the interest was foreclosed, and the judgment returned against you for almost $16,000. That is still unpaid. I know. I am sorry. But do you realize how much you owe now with that interest rate? It is much, isn't it? It's almost $59,000. But I... I can hardly think of so much money. I'm sorry. I'm afraid there's nothing left to do but show you this. Gracias, senor. What is it? It's my order to put up for public sale your Rancho San Rafael. The first of the great ranchos, the land that Jose Maria Verdugo saw and loved, the beautiful domain that dazzled the traveler's eye, was no more. On the sheriff's auction block, its acres were chopped into a hundred parcels, and the way was clear for the growth of towns and villages, of factories and homes. Taking shape were Glendale, Highland Park, Eagle Rock, Garvanza, and Flintridge. Business sprang up overnight. The boom was on. The Pacific Electric connected Glendale with Los Angeles, and the population grew. 1910. 2,700. 1920. 13,500. 1930. 62,700. 1940. 81,700. Glendale, the fastest growing city in the United States. Glendale, thriving metropolis, aviation center, hub of activity for the surrounding valley. And on the spot where today is heard... Pan American Trip 7, all aboard for Mexico City, Canal Zone, Rio de Janeiro, Buenos Aires, and Santiago. On the spot where Britain's RAF is being trained. Dive straight for the target, a 200 feet chimney bomb release. Over all this land, where factories hum, traffic roars, and the business of the streamlined modern world is conducted, just 100 years ago, stood the great Rancho San Rafael. Such is the romance of the ranchos. Our wandering vaquero, Frank Graham, has narrated another of the fascinating stories of the romance of the ranchos, taken from the files of the Title Insurance and Trust Company. When you sell a lot, a home, or a ranch, or when you borrow money on such property, 
Your purchaser or your bank or other financial institution requires the protection of title insurance. The purpose of this insurance, of course, is to protect both you and the buyer or the lender to ensure the validity of the ownership which you are transferring. Your deed which you execute or receive does not provide such insurance. Well, every day in Los Angeles County alone, an average of 1,500 legal documents are recorded which can affect the validity of titles to real estate. These documents include death certificates, divorce decrees, wills filed for probate, mortgages, trust deeds, and scores of others. Forged signatures or signatures by minors or incompetents are among still other risks to land titles. To ensure a title, your title company must check the files of more than 50 different public offices to locate and examine all these recordings. It then ensures the completeness and accuracy of this work. So when you pay for a policy of title insurance, remember first that it's your protection against loss, and second, that it represents a great volume of detailed work by experts. Title insurance can be priced so low only because of the large organization and vast files which the title insurance and trust company has built up through the years. Well, what's the story for next week, Frank? Under the earth lay a great pool of liquid gold, oil. But long before it was discovered, this land around Santa Fe Springs was a place of romance and glamour. And it has a story packed with drama. Until next week, then, this is your wandering vaquero saying, Hasta la vista, señoras y señores. The Romance of the Ranchos, featuring Frank Graham as the wandering vaquero, is brought to you each week at the same time by the Title Insurance and Trust Company. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Mission San Rafael from the Romance of the Ranchos, September 7, 1941. Next, we go back and hear Cavalcade of America. This is a program called Cimarron. has nothing to do with Cimarron rolls. If you want to know more about that, then listen to Jack Benny from the mid-1950s. But Cimarron is the name of the show from Cavalcade of America, December 1st, 1941. Starring Irene Dunn on the Cavalcade of America, sponsored by DuPont, maker of better things for better living through chemistry. Tonight, DuPont welcomes to Cavalcade's Hollywood Playhouse one of our very favorite stars of stage and motion pictures, lovely Irene Dunn, in the unforgettable role she created in the RKO motion picture Cimarron, adapted from Edna Ferber's thrilling novel of the same title. And now the lights are being dimmed as the curtain goes up on Cimarron with Irene Dunn. Tonight's play on the Cavalcade of America.
Oklahoma, land of the forest, the waving sea of grass. Oklahoma, the Indian country, crossed by Coronado questing for gold, by French trappers broaching west from Louisiana, and always there were Indians. Then came the settlers, pushing the Indian further and further west, swarming across borders to the lush, fertile plains between the turbulent Cimarron and the roaring Canadian. In 1889, Washington realized these land-starved pioneers could no longer be denied. So President Harrison signed the proclamation, and the Indian territory was open. At noon, April 22nd of that fateful year, by the thousands they stood poised at the border, all breathlessly awaiting the signal which would send them reaching into the territory to claim land, land for their own. The hand on a soldier's watch ticked on toward the noon hour. 1897 History made in an hour, like a miracle out of the Old Testament. <laughs> Sounds just <laughs> like Yancey Cravat. The tongue of a bishop and the soul of a buccaneer. Oh, Mother, please. Do you want me to finish the letter, or don't you? Oh, why I ever let you marry a man like that, I'll never know. Rhapsodizing over Oklahoma. You Filth might be Indians. interested to know that Yancey is going to publish a newspaper in Osage. And when he gets back here next week, little Sim and I are returning to Oklahoma with him. Sabra. Sabra... Are you out of your mind? Oklahoma? Why, I, I simply forbid it. Oh, forbid it or not, Mom, I'm going. Yancey's right. There's an empire to be had and to be tamed. And if that's the life my husband chooses, then his wife and son will be with him when those wagons roll into Osage. <laughs> Oh, oh, boys, over there. Yancey, why... Yancey, is this Osage? Osage it is, sugar, in all its glory. A month ago, a crawling red prairie, today a rip-roaring town. Yes, you're right, it's a, it's a rip-roaring town, all right. That was just Osage's way of saying, welcome, stranger. Oh, but Yancey, it's Come so... on, sugar. It's... You'll feel different after you've seen the little newspaper plant I got here for us. Now, let me get off here. Uh, feels good to stretch my legs. Come on, honey, jump down. I'll catch you. There. There we are. Now, hang on. Got to open this door. Uh, Sabra, Mrs. Cravat, welcome to your new home. <laughs> well, silly, aren't you going to let me get down? When you hire a carriage, you generally pay your cabby fare, don't you, sugar? Hire a what? Oh, yes, what on earth you I talking? carried you in from the wagon, didn't I? A nice, safe trip, if I say so myself. Oh, dearest, all that for a kiss you could have had just for the taking. <laughs> oh, there. Now, help yourself to a look around your home. Oh. 
Oh, Yancey, you mean we have to live here? Behind those printing presses? Sugar, I know it's no Wichita Palace, but you'll make it one for the three of us. First thing we've got to do is start publishing the Osage Wigwam. But once the paper's out, we'll have time and money for everything. Well, when I hear you say it, Yancey, I feel pretty sure, but when I start looking around, Poor I... little Sabra. If I'd been half a man, I wouldn't have dragged you and Sim off here, but... Oh, Sugar, I couldn't have left you in Kansas. I love you so much, just the thought of not having you. Oh, darling, darling, darling. <laughs> maybe, maybe you and Sim should go back to Wichita. This is a hard and callous country for a woman. No, Yancey. No, my husband. Whither thou goest, darling, forever. Oh, if there wasn't anything else I loved you for, Sabra, I'd worship you for that. <laughs> Anybody to home? Hey, Grad, in here. Well, hiya, Yancey, you old lop-eared buffalo. Oh, I beg your pardon, ma'am. Grat, I want you to meet my wife, Sabra. This is Grat Nolan, honey. How do you do, Mr. Nolan? Mr. Nolan, she says. <laughs> Ma'am, that's the first time I've been called Mr. since that Texas judge gave me five years for rustling. <laughs> you mean that you... Oh, now, you... don't mind Grat, sugar. If the judge had known his business, Grat had gotten life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one, that's a good one. Uh, by the way, Yancey... Yeah? Remember I told you about Jack Pegler, the fellow who tried to run a newspaper here and was killed? A newspaper man killed? Oh, say, Bernard. And what are you aiming to say, Grant? Well, from what I've been hearing while you were east, if I was you, I'd just forget about trying to pin the killing of Jack Pigler on the Yonders gang. Well, Grant, somebody around here's got to tell the truth. And if Lon Yontis thinks Yancey, he can get away... Yancey, Mr. Nolan's trying to tell you this because... because he's heard something. You did hear something, didn't you, Mr. Nolan? Well, uh... Someone's threatening to, to shoot my husband Sabre, if he... I've worn these guns for a good many years. I'll be wearing them while Lon Yontis is roosting in Boot Hill if I can prove who killed Jack Pegler. Well, all I can do is warn you, Yancey. Lon Yontis is on the prod up the street, swearing he's going to gun you down. Thanks, Grant. If you see Lon, tell him I'm waiting. All right, Yancey. See you later. Yancey, what sort of a town is this? And what sort of a man are you that you'd make yourself a target for a gunman's bullet? I only know what sort of a man I'd be if I let Yontis get away with his bluster. Yancey, now, no. You've got to promise me. You've got to be careful. Yancey. I didn't come out... Yancey! Yonis and his gang are up the street and they're headed this way. I'm right here, waiting. Oh, Yancey, don't. Don't go out there. Please, Will don't. Cravat? So you finally got back here, huh? I thought maybe I'd miss the pleasure. I'm back, Lon. But I, what I've got to take up with you will have to wait. What I've got for you won't wait. Or maybe you'd rather stand there behind your missus. Why, you... Don't you missus me, you good-for-nothing loafer. You leave my husband alone Sabre, or you're going to... Why don't you throw away them shooting irons, Cravat? You don't need two guns. You got two apron strings. Come on, boys. <laughs> oh, Lord. It'll be all over town in ten minutes that Yancey Cravat hides behind a woman's petticoats. Well, let them say it. You can't run a newspaper dead, can you? And after seeing him, I've decided Osage needs our newspaper. Sabre, you mean that about the newspaper? Yes, I do. I certainly do. All right, Sugar. We'll start right now. And the first thing we'll do is print the name of the man who killed Jack Peg. Oh, no, wait, Yancey. You can't do it that way. Can't? Why not? We're going to print the truth, Sabre. No, no, no. Now, look, we need help. 
Don't you see? We need the support of the whole town. We've got to make them see that we're not afraid, so they won't be afraid anymore. Sure, sure, but now, how Now, if you... we could only get them together at a sort of a meeting, like a, uh, a church meeting... They wouldn't dare stay away from that. A church in Osage, but there isn't any. Well, uh, uh, maybe it's kind of unholy sounding, but uh, my saloon will hold close to 300 people if you'd care Church? To... In a saloon? Well, of course. What difference does that make? You said yourself, where his word is spoken is his temple, and you'll be the preacher. You always were a good talker. All right, Sabre, I'll do it. We'll print up a bulletin today, the largest type we've got, and post it on the front of the Red Dog Saloon. Come, all ye faithful. Take a seat anywhere. Thank you. Take your hat off, please. Uh, reckon you can baptize me in a saloon, Yancey? If you don't keep quiet, I'll baptize you with a bottle of rye. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take up the collection, Reverend. I'll commission it. <laughs> All right. Quiet, please. Now settle down. Yancey, Yancey, look. Here comes Yontis and his gang. Let him. Let him throw the first stone. Oh, darling, you don't He'd think... better he... not. He might find that the Lord's sword is two-edged. Come on, Sabre. Church is about to commence. Friends... Friends, we've come to the first service in this Osage Methodist, Catholic, Baptist, Episcopal, Lutheran, Congregational Church. My text is from Proverbs. There is a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets. But since I'm going to change the word lion to jackal and name a few names, anyone who wishes to leave may leave now. Good. Now, friends, perhaps I made a mistake in saying jackal. Perhaps I should say skunk. Because it is a skunk who has held this town abjectly terrorized by his threats of sudden death. But today I'm going to name that skunk the murderer who shot down our former newspaper editor when his back was turned. He's in this tent now, and his name is... Yes, Lon- he look out, he's gone! What? <laughs> Hello, citizens. You all saw it? I shot Lon Yontis in self-defense. Are we going to let a murderer stand behind a pulpit? This meeting was just a trick to get Yontis where Cravat could gun him down. Clem, start playing that organ. Start playing. Sugar, Sabra, lead them in the hymn. Oh, Yancy, I can't, I can't. Sing, Sabra, for the Lord's sake, sing. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth goes marching on. Everybody sing. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth goes marching on. 
Thus ends the first divine service ever held in Osage, as depicted in Cimarron, Edna Ferber's epic of Oklahoma. Cimarron, starring Irene Dunn, is brought to you this evening on The Cavalcade of America, sponsored by DuPont, makers of better things for better living through chemistry. Four years have passed since Sabre arrived in Osage. Four years during which Sabra has worked side by side with her roistering, gifted husband. It is late afternoon, and Sabra is editing the weekly edition of the Wigwam when the door opens. Got a proof yet on the front page? No, not quite, Yancey. Why? Good. I'm going to write a sizzling editorial. It's high time Osage buckled on her guns and did something about the Pinto kid. Oh, Yancey, why must you always be the one who looks for trouble? We have law officers here. They've had their chance. Now I'm going to take mine. You mean you're growing bored with Osage now that it's settling down? The fact that the Pinto kid is a cold-blooded killer and might kill you means nothing to you. Nothing? Where right is concerned? Right. I have a few rights. The rights of a wife and a mother. Your son has some rights. Now, Sugar, don't get upset over nothing. I'm not getting upset. I am upset. There's something in your blood, Yancey. Lord help you. Never let you rest. You've always boasted how you could never stay in one place for more than a few years... You start jobs and leave them half done the moment the danger's out of them. That's only because this land of ours is filled with a thousand frontiers, ten thousand jobs to be done, and only a handful of us to do them. Jobs like making a target of yourself for outlaws' bullets? No, Yancey. This time I mean it. You touch your guns, and I'm taking Sim and going back to Wichita. You wouldn't. There's still too much to be done here. Well, you can't bluff me down this time, Yancey Cravat. I'll leave for Wichita tomorrow if you don't give me your solemn promise never to touch a gun again. All right, sugar. I'll see that you get your tickets. Y- Yancey, you... You go you... back. Try and live down the shame of leaving Oklahoma half-finished. Oh, Yancey, you, you know I couldn't go. Remember what I, what I told you the first day I set foot in this room? Whither thou goest, I go forever. Sabra, stainless, timeless woman... My only love. Oh, darling, please. You're squeezing me to death. Not squeezing, sugar. I'm just clinging to you. You're like a strong, straight bower on my love of vine trying to clothe you in all its twining fragrance. Ah, and I suppose that is Shakespeare? No. That's just plain Yancey Cravat. Cravat, ma'am. Here's all the proof of this week's edition. Thanks, Mr. Simmons. Uh, excuse me, ma'am, but it's more than an hour past press time now. And, yes, uh, yes, and... Mm, someone better start putting the paper together. Mr. Cravat will take care of that when he returns. Oh, Miss Cravat, it'll be just like last week all over again when he didn't come around till next day. I didn't ask your advice, Mr. Simmons. Yes, ma'am. Only couldn't we sort of start making it up? Now, here's the feature story, the one you wrote commemorating the territory's fifth birthday. Hmm. Five years. Five years in Osage. And that story about the ladies' auxiliary's new club rooms and the tea social on Sundays. Hey, bro. Sugar, I'll call you, Mr. Simmons. Yancey, where have you been? The paper's all ready to go. Oh, to... hang the paper, Sabra. I got news, real news. You seem to forget we have a paper to get out. It's your I job. I know, Sugar, was... but listen. 
President Cleveland just signed the proclamation an hour ago, opening up the Cherokee Strip for settlement. Six million three hundred thousand acres purchased from the Cherokees and thrown open for white settlement. Oh, honey, let's you and Sim and I get out of this. Lord, sewing clubs and church suppers and wallpaper and Paris fashions. Osage is just like Chicago now. Yancy Cravat, are you serious? Sugar, we'll sell the paper, pack our things, make the run. Have a ranch with horses and steers, cattle... Never! I won't. I won't go. I'd rather die first. Never, Yancey, and you can't make it. Honey, me. you don't understand. It's the biggest thing in the history of Oklahoma. Unbound we... history and Oklahoma. I don't want anything but a few years of happiness and comfort with my family. Oh, Yancey, yes. Sabre, you've got to listen to me. No, I... no, I mustn't listen to you. The trouble is I've listened to you too often. You're not a man, Yancey Cravat. You're not even a husband. All you are is a shiftless, selfish page out of a lying history book you want to write yourself. You... you won't go with me? You know I won't go. I don't believe you'll go either. There, Sabre, is where you're mistaken. It isn't that I will or will not go. If I were here when that gun went off and the Cherokee run started, that bullet would go through my heart, and you could bury me alongside the Pinto kid. You're stubborn. Stubborn, that's what you are. You won't even give your own wife and son one precious bit of yourself without making them pay a price, your price. I hate to leave having you think that of me, sugar. Hate to worse than anything. But the paper and all I've got is yours. May God keep you till, till I get back. And so Yancey vanishes down the road of his destiny to be swallowed up as the years march on. Silver has now touched the hair of beautiful Sabre Cravat, a successful, influential woman who has helped guide Oklahoma to become a state of the Union. Then, on the night of Oklahoma's first national election, seated behind the editor's desk of the Osage Daily Wigwam, Sabre looks up as the door opens. Howdy, Mom. Why, Simmy, what on earth are you doing here? Shouldn't you be home working on those examinations? Oh, how could I study when my mother's about to become the first congresswoman in history? How do the returns look? Pretty good, son. In fact, I'm beginning to be a little frightened. You frightened? Well, I've seen you in there battling everybody single-handed too long. I know. Well, it's not really frights him. It's... Oh, I don't know. I guess it's disappointment. All these years I've worked have been only because... because I thought your father would be back. Mom, he would, if he were alive. You see, son, I wanted him to be the first congressman from Osage. He loved this country so much. Oh, Miss Cravat! Miss Cravat! Yes, what is it, Mr. Simmons? It just came in, the last returns. You're it, Miss Cravat. You're the new congressman. Oh, Mom, gosh, I'm proud of you. The first congresswoman in history, Mom. <gasps> what, what? Boy, what's the matter, Mrs. Cravat? Mom, Mom, you've been overdoing it. You, you better come home now. No, no, I'm all right. I'm sorry, I... I'm acting just the way your father would expect a woman to act at a time like this. Oh, Sabra, Sabra, we've just come from campaign headquarters. Sabra, my dear, congratulations. Isn't it wonderful? Is, is it? I don't know. Why, darling, of course it is. And we've planned so many things for you before you leave for Washington. Mr. Oakes wants you to attend a luncheon as honorary chairwoman next Wednesday when they bring in the first well in the new Pahuska oil field. Oh, imagine what an occasion. And the hotel is catering a luncheon right out in the oil field itself. And for our chief speaker, we'll have Congresswoman Sabra Cravat.
And, uh, and now, friends, I give you as our guest of honor the editor of our leading paper, whose loyalty and devotion to Oklahoma set an example for all to follow. Our new congresswoman, Sabra Cravat. Thank you, Mr. Oaks. And thank you from the bottom of my heart, my dear, dear friends. Many of us here today have watched Oklahoma grow from a savage wilderness. We have seen schools and churches, roads, replace lawless frontiers. My part in all this, everything I've done, everything I will ever do, has been merely building on the glorious blueprint of progress drawn for me the first day I came to Osage. Drawn by my beloved husband, Oklahoma's true leader, Yancey Cravat. On the day the territory was open, Yancey wrote me... What's that? Everyone, what was that? Everyone, Oak. there's no need for alarm. Mr. Oaks, what's happened? I, I don't know yet. I think Mr. everything's going... Did you see what happened? Well, I know. A new well blew in and knocked over the derrick. No. If some old galoot hadn't thrown his body against the timbers till they all got out, the whole crew would have been crushed to death. Oh, how terrible. Was the man hurt? I'm afraid so, ma'am. Part of the derrick fell right on him. But he sure was a hero. Oh, well, I'll go see what I no can do. No use going over there, ma'am. Oh, Yance has passed any helping. Oh, oh, Yance. Did you say yes? Yes, ma'am. Oh, my God. There. In there, Mrs. Cravette. Yancy. Yancy. Sabra. Oh, Yancy. My always own. My darling. Sugar, don't cry, please. Oh, Yancy, where have you been? There was so much for us to do together. We did everything we had to do together. All those plans you had, darling. Oklahoma. Oh, you've done the job better than I could have, Sugar. No, Yancy, darling. It's you and men like you who build the world. Build it for the rest of us to live in. You've got to get well, Yancey. Got to. No, sugar. Wife and mother. Stainless woman. Hide me. Hide me in your love. Sleep. Sleep, my boy. My dearest boy. we'd like you to meet our star, Irene Dunn. 
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's made me very happy tonight to return to my old love, Simran, on the Cavalcade of America. It was that picture that gave me the opportunity every actress dreams of. I hope that the qualities I admire so much in Sabre Cravat will always find affection in the hearts of men and women. To me, she is a very real American. Thank you. Thank you, Irene Dunn. It's been a pleasure to have you with us on Cavalcade, and we hope you'll be back again soon. By the way, be sure to listen next Monday evening when we will present Francho Tone in Sidney Kingsley's Pulitzer Prize-winning play, Men in White. I shan't miss it, you can be sure, John. Thanks again, everybody. Good night. In support of Miss Dunn, Yancey Cravat was played by Gail Gordon. Tonight's radio version of Cimarron was written especially for Cavalcade of America by Paul Franklin. The original music was composed and directed by Robert Armbruster. Be sure to listen next Monday evening when the Cavalcade of America stars Francho Tone in Men in White, the thrilling play which dramatically portrays the courage and faith exemplified in the daily work of American doctors and nurses. Your announcer is John Heaston, sending you best wishes from DuPont. This is the Red Network of the National Broadcasting Company. Cimarron from the Cavalcade of America, December 1st, 1941. Good show. Here on Same Time, Same Station, if you'd like to request shows or if you've got some input in terms of something we've played, then you can get to us through Facebook, Same Time, comma, Same Station. You can call us during normal business hours, area code 714-449-1958. And you can email us, LarryGassman1 at gmail.com. And Gassman is G-A-S-S-M-A-N. And I'm John1Gassman at gmail.com.